What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. This episode is a little different than others in the past. I welcome on Kristen Callahan, a strength coach, personal trainer down in the Boston area. And this Three Things turned into a different kind of format, a little bit longer. Uh, I think this was the first episode of the Critical Conversations, kind of a subgenre of uh, the Three Things Podcast that I've been putting out. So this, again, this conversation is a little longer, a little bit more in depth, a little different than what I normally put out. But I think you guys will all enjoy it and Kristen does a fantastic job. Hey Cal, we're gonna fire this sucker up. Yeah! So start with who you are, what you do, where you do it. Give, them, give, us, give us the who is Kristen Callahan. That's the first question. Who is Kristen <laughs> Callahan? Who am I? Um, well, I am a human being that lives just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, grew up on Long Island, so I'm the worst combo of a mass hole and New York driver. Um, Let's see. Uh, right now, I am. I guess we'll call it. We'll call it fitness coach at Amp Fitness Boston. Um, kind of still doing a little bit of training at Boston Physical Therapy and Wellness as their strength coach, but um, my bosses at Amp just had a baby this week, so I've kind of been working there six days a week. So yeah, yeah. People tell me babies are a lot of work when they first come out. So. Shout out to your boss because he's going to be working a different type of way now. Boss is our co-owner, oh, Steve and Lindsay. They, oh. it's, it's both of their baby, not oh. just his. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I literally know nothing about AMP. So sorry, sorry, owners are, and coaches of AMP are, that may be listening to this. I'm in Northern Vermont. First, when I first heard you, you got the position at AMP, I literally thought you were like going back to New York and you were working with Cooper. <laughs> I really did. I was like, oh, nice. She's going to go back to her, her grounds with Coop. And like, you know, like his, his gym is amped too. So I had no idea. Um, so I don't, awesome. talk to me a little bit about, so you started with amp when? Um, probably, I think it was middle, um, the middle, the middle of October. And I won't, I won't say the name of the facility you were at previously, but you weren't exactly the happiest, if I recall. No. And no, I wasn't. So talk to me about not, not the old place, but how your mindset changed when you went to, to AMP and you were kind of like, you know, like in a new facility. Like what, like what was the first month like there? Oh, wow. Um, well, first of all, I quit a full-time gig with benefits to and when I quit at the time they they had been uh Steve and Lindsay had been real upfront with me about how many hours they could offer and at the time it was only 15 I mean sorry 10 <laughs> um so when I initially quit or when I initially made the decision to quit I knew I only had like 10 hours of work <laughs> so um it was pretty terrifying in the beginning uh but then when I talked to them about it, and this is what was really cool, they were like, oh, well, we didn't want to overwhelm you. We actually can give you 15 for right now. And then like already knew like Lindsay was pregnant. And so like 
eventually I would be full-time. So that first month, so then I also, you, uh, you've had, you've had her on, you're having her on every 20 episodes, Dr. Steph Allen. Shout out, shout out Steph Allen. She's a good friend of ours. Um, When I made the decision that I was going to leave the full-time job, she was the one of the first people I talked to. I had her dinner with her and also Zach Gabor has also been on this program. Great haircut, Zach Gabor. Shout out Zach Gabor's hair. He, you know, he's a good looking man. Looks strikingly <laughs> <similar>. <laughs> Um, And Steph's dad, which was awesome. And uh, that's when we kind of find out, found out that actually that, uh, or I found out that Matt Ibrahim, another guest of the show, what the heck? Man, I, the Boston ties that I have run so deep, run <laughs> so, so deep. deep. Uh, that Matt was going to be leaving the PT clinic to go open um, TD Athletes Edge up in Salem. So um, it kind of was like a perfect storm. And Steph was like, yeah, just talk to Dave. And so that first week uh, or that first month, honestly, it was change is hard, even if it's good. And it was my anxiety was at an all time high. And the things that I normally two for it, one of which is working out, weren't working. Um, But as far as like my mindset, it was (sighs) terrifying, anxiety filled, um, exhilarating. Um, And it just like, so I'd been secretly interning at AMP because I was at a commercial gym and they like to have non-competes and um, so I couldn't tell anybody I was doing that. So I had been, I'd already, yeah, yeah. That's the first time I've said it publicly, publicly, <laughs> whatever. I can't do anything about it now. Yep. But I can edit that. I can censor that. No, it's, there's nothing. It's been six months, so there's nothing that they can. Anyway. Um, so I had been going there for staff meetings and, you know, it, just kind of dovetailed with a lot of the stuff that we learned in the faction. Um, they saw me as a flawed human being, right? And they didn't, they weren't expecting perfection from me and they want to work with me. And also, so one of the big things starting at both places, I had crazy imposter syndrome. I felt like I went from feeling like the smartest person in the room, which I did not enjoy to feeling like the dumbest person in the room, especially in the PT clinic. Everyone's a freaking doctor. Right. And like, I know it's a title, but like, they're all really smart. And I was like, Um, then getting used to the new systems. I kind of felt like I didn't know anything. I felt like I was starting from the ground up again. And one of the coolest things, uh, one of our coaches who has since left the club, this guy, Stan, Stan Dutton, he, we, in our staff meetings, we do things like uh, talk about our feelings. We do like warm and fuzzies where we say something nice about one of the other trainers or we talk about like things we're looking forward to, things that we, what is it, looking forward to, something about like things we can work on, things that we're, oh, glows and grows. That's what it is. Like things like we're not great at, things that we want to get better at, or something that we nailed. And maybe it was like the week or two after I started during one of the staff meetings, Stan was saying, cause he was in a similar situation. He started as an intern and then was a full-time coach at AMP. He literally said exa- everything I was feeling. He said, he said that when he started 
that's how he felt, imposter syndrome. He didn't know what he was doing. He had no business being here, being a trainer. And to hear somebody say that and to see them further along and feeling comfortable and doing a kick-ass job at what they were doing, it was kind of, okay, I'm going to get through this. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what, so like outside of obviously like, you know, it sounds like you went to like a great environment and you have some great people. Like what else did you do that helps you kind of move past feeling of imposter syndrome and just kind of acclimating yourself to a new environment? Cause it can be tough. Like you were in a, it seemed like a very stiff and rigid environment before. Mm-hmm. And now maybe the real KCAL kind of gets a chance to kind of <laughs> expose herself and kind of, or I should say reveal herself to the world. Like what was it like when you realized you could kind of be you and not have to really worry about anything? Oh God, it's, it's so fucking awesome. Like it just, <laughs> this is an explicit podcast. F-bombs are encouraged. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, so in the beginning, it, that part was a struggle because you know, you're getting used to a new environment and you don't feel good enough. And they're all great coaches and I had a lot of insecurity about it and I was doing a lot of their classes, which are small classes. We only have up to eight people per class. Um, and so at least, and so we also only do semi-private training. So we do semi-private training and small group classes of up to eight people. The way the gym is structured, the semi-private is all upstairs. So when we're on the floor, you're never the only coach on the floor. There's always, I, there's always another coach. Um, so if I ever had any questions or there was something I wasn't sure about, I could ask them, but the classroom's downstairs and you're on your own. So that was kind of like, I feel like I'm fucking this up really badly. Um, but then it started, you start to hit. And so one of the things to answer your question I did was I talked about it. I talked about it with, um, we have our team, we have a one-on-one meeting with Lindsay every month. That's a, well, not right now because she just had a baby, but, mm. um, and I talked about it with her. She's also someone who has struggled with anxiety and like, she came into training from being a preschool teacher. So she, everything I was saying, she was like, I completely resonate. I totally understand. Like you're doing great. Like they were giving me good feedback. Um, So then also I talked about it with her. I talked about it with, with Steph, um, with Jesse, Mike Connolly, one of our amazing mentors in the strength faction. He, Got to listen to me sob on the phone a lot. (laughs) Was it just because you were starting in a new environment and like that just feeling of overwhelm? Like what is, you know, because like I've always viewed, I mean, we've, we've, we did unofficially go on a dinner date once. Um, You know, that happened Somerville Brewing, Boston, (laughs) Massachusetts, December 2006. Best date ever. And you're, you know, you definitely present as super confident. So, you know, like this is a conversation. This might, this might be the spawn of a new, you know, podcast series uh, by Uh, (laughs) coachkc.com. Well, like you present super confident. So like, I'm surprised to hear that it was like a kind of a tough, because it seemed like you were kind of caged at your last, last, spot and now all of a sudden it's like Definitely. like free kcal you know like let's get some t-shirts made and like let's have the world wear them because you know <laughs> but it's i'm just surprised to hear that it was a hard transition but it, it sounds like you have an unreal support network 
and you were smart enough and, and self-aware enough to actually use it. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people miss is, hey, I have this network, but I don't really have a network if I never actually can lean on it and use my network. And you hit the nail on the head with that. And, and that's, I think that's unbelievable. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised because KCAL, you, you are a <laughs> badass individual. <laughs> like you, you've like super intelligent, super, um, you know, somewhat outspoken, which is, I think is fantastic. So it's just kind of, I don't know. I'm surprised you kind of had, you know, you were nervous in a new, new environment where you had, you had been a part of for a little bit before joining. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for all of that. You're, you know, people can't see that I'm totally blushing right now, but. Uh. <laughs> Bad radio. Her face is not actually red. <laughs> um, well, let's take that, like taking it apart, like the network thing, reaching out to people, asking for help. That is definitely totally something kind of new for me. I the strength faction and what the lesson I know I keep saying I've said this is the third time I've said the name but it freaking deserves it because I know you've said the same thing about yourself it's helped you be a better person every episode yeah it really has and um it speaks to the culture that um Chris Todd and Mike have created that uh we all feel comfortable and I think it's because they do it too like they share their vulnerabilities with us Boring. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. That's mean. <laughs> um, but they share their vulnerabilities with us and make it, uh, I hate the fucking term safe space, but they create an environment where we feel comfortable doing that with each other. And that's something that hasn't always been easy for me to well, ask for help. It's not a coddled safe space. And I think yeah. people think it is. Like people hear safe space and like, no, it's okay. We're going to help you and support you. And they, that's absolutely right. But it's not like there's some tough love like that. That's a very real thing, but they create an environment where we or the, the, the coaches or, or we, whoever is in that part of that community can actually feel okay about coming to the, the group with their problems or with their questions. Like it's that it's okay. Like it's not, yeah. I think that's what the safe space. Cause I use that same phrase. I'm like, well, it's kind of a safe space. And like, that's what we always try to create for like our clients. And we, and we get that, but it's, it's not like we're going to like hold your hand and like, give you a participation ribbon. It's like, no, you just, you're, you're good to talk about your problems here, you know, without hardcore judgment, but you know, like we will get some critical feedback. You get that. Yeah. We'll tell you you're being oh, an yeah. asshole. I mean, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I the front row presentation and you talk during it, they will tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> They, they definitely, that's a very real thing. Even after you warn them that you after, might be yeah. distracting and they claim they're not going to get distracted by you. I'm not sure if Todd actually listens to this podcast, but if Probably you not. Todd, we fucking love you <laughs> and we appreciate it when you tell us to fucking shut up. There is, there is no one I'd rather be told to fuck off from, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've made it. When <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But so like, talk to me about that. Like, so is it, so, you know, like for trainers, not just, I want to kind of move off of you. I know you were, you were super sport. We're just asking about yourself and kind of like your transition over the last eight months or so. But you know, like for trainers, we are in a super, I feel at times ego driven industry. Like I'm in a commercial health club, you know, like sometimes it can feel trainer versus trainer department versus department. Mm -hmm 
you know, and, and to be able to say, Hey, I don't have the answer to this or, Hey, I need to refer to someone else. Like what, at what point is like a, like, is it like a maturity thing? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, just kind of give me the KCAL version of, of that. I know it's not a real question, but I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> um, I think environment matters. So one of the, I'm going to say the word problems because it is with a commercial. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The commercial model is that you're, there is an underlying sense of competition. Now, the facility I worked at, we were all on pretty good terms. We all got along pretty well. And there was like an unwritten don't steal other people's clients thing. But that sense of competition was always there. There's always, it was always an underlying level. So it was always like, it creates a sense of mistrust on some deep level, even if you're respecting each other, even if you're sharing information and getting along. Um, first of all, there's always going to be one bad apple, which there were definitely a couple um, who would just steal stuff <laughs> and try to steal your clients. Like there was always that. Uh, what else? So it, it's, it, and, and it was almost worse because it was subtext instead of being obvious. So it created this, like, I'm the best trainer here. And some people had that sense of like, I'm the best trainer, which like, does that really fucking matter? Like, yeah. what's this? <laughs> so moving to the semi-private model where you're, the trainers don't have to worry about sales and also, I'm going to say, like, it speaks to the culture that Steve and Lindsay have created at AM too, is that everything's more cooperative. If we have a problem, we don't hesitate to talk to each other about it. I mean, first of all, there's only five of us on staff. Outside of the owners, only two of us are actually full-time right now. Um, but I would never – any information, we, all, we do in-services for each other. So, for example, like, after I went to the CFFC – down in Virginia, I, we, I came back because none of they, they weren't as familiar with it, everyone else on staff. So I told them about how awesome it was and what a great job KCAR and Brendan did of teaching us. Um, and then our, our other coach, Eric, Eric Temple, he is a, if it's possible to be a bigger nerd than you, <laughs> you and I, and even like the guys at BPTW, uh, Eric is low key nerdy. <laughs> every staff needs one he hides every it so well but he he will present to us on you know like he's been going deep on the pat davidson like rethinking the big three patterns and uh the stuff that like doug kajichin talks about and so he he'll present to us and so it's not there's no fear of competition it's collaborative we all are working for the same thing which is to make it the best possible place for our members to come to. So I think, like I said, I think the environment matters. And then as far as like the larger spectrum of fitness, that's, that's a tougher one. I think things like the faction help the network of knowing the great people who, who you can trust and you know, are authentic, authentic oh my god you almost heard my long island almost came out there <laughs> i almost said authentic um who are authentic and genuine and again 
are not about that being the best. Like, I love like the guys, the guys, the guys at Warhorse, uh, Jacqueline and Chris have like their hashtag is always raise the standard. Right. And I think those of us who believe in that know it's, it's not about us and our ego. So I feel like we're working toward a greater goal. And I think that helps. And again, it takes out that sense of competition. I like what the very first thing you said, like the culture that um, the owners of AMP have built. I think that's so important. And I feel like in, you know, and I am in a commercial setting, um, you know, and it's obviously very sales revenue driven. I think that's, that's fine. I mean, we're always in, in business exists to make money. Like that makes sense. Like my, my mortgage isn't paid on IOUs. I always <laughs> very open with people when I used to teach for Parisi and, and I would go travel to other gyms. Like, Hey, this weekend is designed to help you guys make more money too. Like it is what it is, but you know, kind of, kind of move past that. Like you're saying in this kind of, you know, collaborative approach amongst a staff of, Hey, we're here for this value. We're here for this mission. You wouldn't be here if you didn't believe in it. I think that people put too much of an onus on the actual dollars and cents rather than the actual mission and values. And if those are kind of the pieces of the pie that are, are largest, everything else falls into place, but it takes a strong leadership style and, and team you know, like I think people think leader and they think one person, but I think the team leadership approach is unbelievable, especially with, you know, when you work with people, you know, it's one thing if you're selling water coolers and backpacks, but it's another thing if you're selling longevity, life, confidence, fitness as a whole and all these different pieces of it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And agreed. And money is temporary. It's fleeting. I think I mean, to be honest, I might have some like <laughs> some messed up ideas about it because my dad worked in finance. He worked, uh, he was, a, he worked on Wall Street, and I just saw the bad side of it. You know, like oh, for sure. Yeah, and the stress. Like my dad, I love my dad, but when he works, he was a he was a bond trader. When he did that he was an asshole. Like even to us when he came home, not like not in any kind of bad way, just like his, he got angry easily. He was stressed out a lot. Um, he, <laughs> he became a much nicer person when he didn't do that anymore. And I know he liked what he did. He enjoyed it and it gave us like a good upbringing. And I appreciate that. But I mean, once he stopped doing it, he became a much nicer person. Yeah. Well, it's funny when stress is removed from someone's life and, and they're able to kind of act in their own natural state and they don't have any of these external influences, what a difference that can make in any industry. You know, like obviously we're in the fitness industry and, and we're in that, that world, but it's not like industry to industry. Like I have conversations with my wife is in, in a finance position um, with a small engineering company and talking to people at her work and it's in you know, fabrication engineering and like, it's not a whole lot of difference, like from the sales aspect to the marketing aspect, even to the, to the leadership aspect, business to business, it's all the same. It, well, not exactly the same, but you know what I mean? Like as far as styles and, and implementation, the outcomes are probably a little different, but um, as far as implementing everything, it's, it's, it's relevant. And it's just wild, you know, how when people don't think about when people think about themselves and outcomes instead of the process, mm. everything kind of is different. You know, the outcome isn't as always 
beautiful when the, when the process isn't as dialed in or, or isn't the values and the kind of the pillars aren't intact, so to speak. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I've never been somebody who's been driven by making money, right? Mm -hmm. I always cared more about, is this thing that I do going to fulfill me? Is it going to make me happy as a person? I don't, and am I going to be able to look myself in the mirror and be like, you know, you're doing something that's good, that helps other people, that's beneficial. And that's like part of the, to go back to the question you asked before, one of the, one of the part, greatest part of this transition is like, I really feel that now. I mean, for my whole life, that's what I was looking for. I wanted, I didn't just want a job. I wanted a career. I wanted even more than that, something that would just like almost consume me. And, and yet at the same time, fulfill me in such a positive way. And I mean, that's, we're so freaking lucky to get to do this as a job. It's, it's I don't unreal. Even, it's unreal. It's unreal. <laughs> like I tell people like what I do and it's so hard to explain to people, people like on the surface, they see a title yeah. and they don't really understand what it is until, you know, they're kind of around it, you know, and I, I work with kids. Like I, I train anywhere. I mean, our facility has five-year-olds. It has pre-K. It has collegiate athletes. You know, it has Olympic athletes at times, depending on the time of year. Like it's, you know, it's, it's the same outcome for those athletes. And it's the same outcome that I think as coaches, we crave, you know, like they help me just as much as I help them. And, and it's unreal. It's just unreal environment to be around. And not every industry gets that. And it's kind of sad for the other industries, but that's why we have the best jobs in, in the world. Um, but yeah, I think that's so spot on KCAL. And I really appreciate you diving a little bit into that and then kind of pulling the curtain back on, on KCAL. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to flip the questions here. Another, um, we've had this conversation before and I, I love it. And I think it's super important, but you know, like, and I just saw some of these statistics come out um, online through an article uh, that I won't share the, the organization, but um, strength conditioning is a male dominated industry. Um, studies and, and numbers prove that. What is it like and what is the mindset of a female in a male-dominated industry? And we can absolutely use the fitness industry as an example since we both work there. But talk to me about what it's like being a female in a male-dominated industry and how important it is on staff or in a staff to have a strong female presence for its clients. That's such yeah. a big question and everyone just kind of like, I, w I know that you can speed up the, the, like the, the pace of podcasts and things like that. But when KCAL gets on this subject, man, like you almost want to <laughs> slow it down. Cause it, I'm just going to shut up now. I almost want to go. I, there are some adult beverages flowing in this conversation. I almost, I think I'm going to go get another one as, uh, as Kristen just kind of starts. Up. Oh man. Okay. Well, in my world, I live in a bubble, and I will be the first one to admit it. Um, where I was before was not – it was – I mean, I'll just say it. It was an all-women's gym. Out of the 25 members of the training team staff, only two or three of them were male. And the male – it was kind of the flip was – the script was flipped where the male trainers actually had a harder time at the gym that I worked at before. Um, and then at AMP, it's kind of funny. 
I don't want to say part of the reason I was hired is because I was a female, but they were, they did want another woman on staff. So it just kind of helped. Um, it also helps that a, I landed in a place feel, filled with other weird and amazing humans. So the fit was also right. Um, so I'll say that I do get to live in a little bit of a bubble. Uh, I've seen it. And then also if I go back to when I joined the strength faction back in the fall or yeah, the fall of 2016. I okay. Think it so was. You know, I was just going to say, when did you join? Cause I joined spring 2017 and I, yeah. I almost pulled the trigger, but I was too cheap and I fucking hate it. I was too <laughs> cheap to join fall of 2016. Man, I wish I had. Hey, I did the same thing. I, oh. my friend Rob, Rob Aguero Hoffman was asked me about it in the summer. Shout out I, accountability I, buddy, Rob Aguero Hoffman. You'll yeah. have your episode soon. <laughs> um, I, I didn't pull the trigger. I just wasn't ready for it yet. Yeah, and then I same. was on this, like, <laughs> Chris actually talked about it a little while ago. They had this weird, like, kind of get to know, like, it, like give you a sense. It was kind of like a Q and a with uh, through the zoom chat and it just was like it was so odd it's surprising that i actually ended up, jo <laughs> ended up joining um but even so even in the beginning of the faction like i've had many conversations with todd several times where i was like we need to have more representation you need to have more female guests and you know i never felt unwelcome but so that so it but you know, it's still, there's always kind of a sense of vulnerability you're going to have being the other in a room full of whether it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a person of a different color or a person of, you know, different sexual orientation. If you know you're in a room full of if everyone else is different from you based on some marker, you're going to feel vulnerable. Um, so in the larger fitness community, when I went to perform better last year, there was one, uh, maybe one or two, I think Rachel Cosgrove and who was the other woman? I can't remember. There were two women presenters. Out of, it wasn't Sue Falsoni. It was, uh, she's blonde. Open invitation, Sue Falsoni, if you're listening to this podcast, open invitation to come on anytime. <laughs> um, I, I, it doesn't matter. The fact, fact of the matter is, all of the presenters were white male, except for two women. And then I'm even going to throw like kind of Mark Fisher as being the other unicorn in the bunch because Mark Fisher is just a freaking unicorn anyway. So it's crazy. <laughs> also shout out Mark Fisher, open invitation to come on the podcast. anytime you want. Um, I know he listens to this podcast too. Does he? No, That's he exciting. doesn't. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? That would be so awesome. That would be amazing. <laughs> Be, I'll tell you what I would I don't I don't know so I always see like the numbers and Fury like posts some of his numbers and like so this podcast gets like 150 ish plays you know 200 if you know it's someone who has like a, a strong following 200 plays per episode and like I can I, I see these podcasts and, and Mike Keeler uh, Mark Fisher fitnesses business partner just started mm -hmm. business, uh, a business for unicorns podcast, which is fantastic. I think there are three episodes deep for those of you that listen to this podcast and, and kind of want a little bit more sense of business in the fitness industry specifically. Um, Mike Keeler's podcast is next level. It's, it's unbelievable. And his first episodes with Mark Fisher, I'm thinking to myself, 
these guys probably are going to push like half a million plays on this podcast. And I'm over here like pretty pumped when an episode like tips 200. So yeah, one of those 200, not Mark Fisher. <laughs> hey, this is the year of Casey Lee. That's what Sherry keeps saying. <laughs> we at. Woohoo! <laughs> but anyway, to go, to go back to it, it's, it can be tough. And then there's also this weird divide of women's fitness, right? Um, and it entails a lot of like pink shit and trying to make that be like, you know, a, like kind of trying to steal it back, like a, reappropriate it. Like the term, certain terms have been among cultural groups and that can, that's also alienating. That is a separation. We don't need a separation. We need an integration. If we're all in our different spheres, how do we ever learn to come together and cooperate? Part of why I left my all women's gym is because of that. Like it was becoming, uh, like the, it catered like to the problem. Like it made the, it magnified the problem for us being a part of the solution. Yeah, exactly. And it becomes this, like, like this echo chamber of everyone agreeing and also like, how, yeah, how does it ever get better if you don't talk to each other? And I think that's a larger problem with society in general, right? With the internet, we can choose who we want to hang out with. One of the reasons I love being in a city, even if, even if it's not the most diverse city in the world up here in Boston, it still is. And I'm still forced to interact with people who are different from me. I have to sit next to the homeless guy on the train and, or like, you know, whoever and hear like all the other different languages. And it's, it's beautiful. It's not scary. It's freaking awesome. And so I think by separating ourselves and having like women's conferences and women's this and women's that, and then like other group this and other group that, it's fostering that competition that we talked about before yeah. instead yeah. of the collaboration. So, you know, and I, I, I feel very fortunate. I'm in a, in a position in our, you know, our, our performance facility where we're able, and we're largely viewed as like an entry level position. Performance coaches come on and it's largely viewed as an entry level position. People typically are, are pretty young, fresh out of school. Um, and I, I learned early on when we first started, we only had, I was the youngest and we only had males on staff until the next, so basically for the first year. We hired our first female coach. Shout out Lisa Bunn. She was, I think, episode seven. Um, she's now a registered dietitian, but she she was our first performance coach um, at Parisi here up in Vermont, and it was it was like game changing. And I don't know if it was because you know we are in Vermont, everything is kind of different up here. Like we're kind of in a little bubble of the world. I feel like, um, but it was one of those where we had a extremely strong and I don't just mean like literal cause Lisa was literally very strong, but she was a bold personality mm. and we had that on staff and we had that for our clients, which believe it or not, our Parisi speed school, I just ran the numbers this month. It's six, it's like 63% female at our location. And to have that is was unbelievable to watch and just see how every young lady gravitated towards that strong female presence. What advice would you give someone 21, 22, 23, jumping into the fitness industry, female, whether it be 
you know, personal training, strength, conditioning, um, rehabilitation, what would you say to them? Totally putting you on the spot with this. I mean, I can totally stall here. Um, sip my adult (laughs) beverage. Oh, that is a fantastic question. Um, first of all, I mean, just quick background. I mean, I worked in an even more male dominated job before I was a trainer. I grew up with three brothers, so that didn't hurt. I worked as a landscaper. So if you want to talk about like not, you know, a male dominated Some rugged dudes in that that profession. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, and then again, like I said, my career has been pretty rarefied, let's say in the environments that I've been able to work in. So what I would say is, first of all, you need to have a thick skin. And, and I don't mean putting up or dealing with any kind of harassment. You just need to know, you need to, you need to be ready to kind of fight back, but not take things like stand your ground. Basically it's not, there are even, I think strength and conditioning is changing, but if I look around at, you know, like you said, I'm in Boston, there's many elite facilities near me. Their staffs are largely male. I know some, they actually, some of them have trouble attracting female fitness coaches, but I've heard like, it's the same thing. Like the female clientele are drawn to them. When I started at AMP, they all were like, we really wanted another woman. We're so glad you're here. One of the, there's a husband and wife team that work out there. And he said like, I'm, I always try to leave your spots open. I always try to sign up with the male coach. So, cause I know my wife feels more comfortable like signing up for the time that you're on the floor. And I was like, I don't think about that. Right. Cause I'm freaking stubborn and I don't, well, I mean, <laughs> I, don't like, care, but. I mean, for us, I feel like in the industry, good coaching is good coaching, whether right. it comes from a man, a woman, you know, like, I think, I think if you look, if you break down the age of the clientele, I think maybe that's a little bit more important. Um, or like maybe is a little bit more of a factor. Cause we have some, like we, we work with like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. I'm talking like age, like, like very young, like non-adult age. Like, yeah, like it's probably beneficial for a very impressionable, very young person to be a, be around a well put together adult of the same gender or, or something. I think that maybe is a little bit important, but I mean, good coaching. Like I, any, any training session that I've had, like I try to think of like the number of like, whether it be like spin classes. I mean, again, I'm in a commercial setting, like spin classes. Like I don't even think, I think of who puts out the best and can I be around it? And I don't really yeah. look at gender or sexual orientation or any, anything like that. It's like, who's putting out the best and how do I be around it? And I think that maybe comes down to the individual more than the consensus, but um, anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. Well, it's, it, no, it's fine. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. Right. Casey, it really shouldn't, but unfortunately it does. Representation matters. You want to see yourself. You want to see the potential that you can have. Like, look at what a huge deal it was when Barack Obama got elected president. Sure. Suddenly all of these children of color were like, holy shit, I actually can become president because he did it mm-hmm. for as a woman. When like, when Hillary Clinton lost, first of all, I, I knew that she wasn't going to win, but anyway, like 
it's it's it wasn't it, like whatever whoever's the best person from for the job I don't want to get political but that was a hammer blow because it's like that same thing of like if she can do it I really can do it it really does matter and even today the statistics on pay inequality and if you if you be I was just thinking about this this morning like if you become a mother unless you're someone who has already achieved a certain level like you know I think about like Beyonce Adele like if you weren't if you didn't, if she, it, Serena Williams, like they had to have kids after they already became great. All the rest of the women, not on that playing field, like it's a lot harder. There's statistics on like how women lose, lose promotions, their pay goes down after they're having kids and that's fucking bullshit. It shouldn't matter. But unfortunately it still does. So you do. You want to see what you can become. And yes, good coaching is good coaching. I've had some great male coaches, great male mentors. But at the same time, yes, you want to see like, holy crap. I mean, like I said, I've talked to, I told you, I talked to Todd all the time about we need to have more women coaches on here. And because for all the other, for all the women, especially the ones just starting out, like you were just asking about those new coaches, those new female coaches. So what my advice would be was, be strong, stand your ground, reach out, reach out to your other, the other women in your position. Um, you can message me. I don't care. I'll, you know, like I'm lucky I have Steph and Jesse and um, other people like, and Shout out Jay Bird, Jay Bird, <laughs> Jesse Burdick, the real one. Um, <laughs> people who don't know that reference type in Jesse Burdick, see what shows up. I guarantee it's not the person we're talking about. <laughs> Yet. Probably not. Yet. Yet. Um, and, you know, and again, uh, I just lost my train of thought. To have that group, and like, I, it's great. I, I'm glad that I, like you said before, I have a kick ass support network. I am so fortunate of both genders, sexual orientations. It doesn't freaking matter. But especially when you're just starting out, especially if you were the only girl, like I've always wanted to talk to Nancy Newell about what it's been like for her at CSP or what it was like for her at CSP. Shout out Nancy Newell, big fan, open invitation to come on this podcast. I'll talk to you more about that after this, this recording ends though, okay, Cal. <laughs> okay. Because might be, we might be able to make that a podcast episode. What? Yeah, I know. We'll talk about it after. Okay, okay. Um, so... I mean, that's, that shit's not easy, no matter how good the environment that you work in is. And to, like I said, to be the outlier, to be the different person. So I would say create that support network if it doesn't exist there. Join the Strength Faction. We have like Amanda Wheeler. Ooh, I'm just going to shout everyone out. Shout out Wheels. <laughs> Wheels is the best. Like we had a great conversation when I did OS in New York last year how and that's kind of one of the things where she was already starting formation strengths but it's things that have kept the ball rolling of again if you want to go back to like the women's fitness thing like there's certain organizations out there that again like i don't super relate to i'm not a girly girl <laughs> um i just Yes, is it important to talk about emotions and feelings and that? I, yeah, I relate to you are not just, it's not, it's not specifically female. I've had great no, conversations. Anyone, for sure. It's anyone. It's yeah. anyone. We all go through the same well, I mean, shit. Go back 10 minutes in this podcast and talk about the feeling, like how important it is to get vulnerable, regardless of, of anyone in any industry, you know? So 
Anyway, if you're listening to this and you forgot, go back about 10 minutes and, and listen to that. <laughs> yeah, it helps, it helps people feel, make you're relatable that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, it's, yeah, I've lost, again, lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, I have a bad habit of cutting in. Like I listen, like I've, so full disclosure, I've only listened to about two episodes of my own podcast. Um, and like, it was like the first two, I just did this about a couple, probably about a month ago now. And I have this like bad habit of cutting in and cutting people off. So I, I really just need to shut up and just listen more. Okay. But, conversation. So that's how conversation works. Yeah. You know, it's not one-sided. Oh, well, for the people listening that aren't a part of the conversation, they can be like, wait, wait, who's talking? What? <laughs> um, no. So I mean, Okay, Kyle, I, too, I, I totally knew like based off previous conversations that you and I had that that, that was going to be like a hot topic item. <laughs> if I like just poked a little bit, I'd get, <laughs> I'd get like the true KCAL, like, you know, like I, I mean, I, I, and I agree. Ricky. Like that's the thing is like, I agree. And as, as someone who, who oversees a fitness space and someone who is responsible for hiring and developing staff, like it's something that I value immensely. And as long as I, you know, have been a part of like the ability to hire staff members, we've always had and made sure to have an extremely aware and strong female presence. Like, I mean, strong, like, like I said, like not just physically strong, but someone who understands like, Hey, you're about to come into a facility and you're going to have it like, like some, like people are going to look up to you differently, you know, and, and it's, you're a role model. Like it's, it's something mm-hmm. like you're not just like a fitness coach. You're not just like a performance coach. You're not just responsible for getting people to run faster. Like you're a role model of someone who like, like kind of like what you're talking about, like someone who's made it or someone who's in a different position, especially to young people. Like these are students. These are people like aspiring, like thinking about what they're going to college for and what they quote unquote want to be when they grow up. And I think just being around that and like, in not so much just the individual, but the setting that, doesn't see different people. You know what I mean? Like I would think if you were to walk into our facility and I'm going to shout out Shannon Bouvier real quick, she's our, our athletic trainer and um, she's the sole female coach on staff. Like you wouldn't just see, Oh, there's three dudes and a girl. Like you wouldn't, you know, it doesn't work like that. You'd see, you'd see four coaches and you wouldn't really care who is in what group or who the coach was. It doesn't work like that. And like you talked about in the, probably second question or topic we were talking about, you know, where it is that collaborative effort and it's not like there is no one coach that is better. There is no one coach that is weaker. You know, we are a group, we're a staff and we come together to achieve outcomes of just building savage little tiny humans. And whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the above, it's funny you talk about safe space. Like that's something that, that we try to do. And it's not like, Hey, we're going to hold your hands and give you hugs every, every second, but it's, it's a, just a space where they can be them and it's cool. And no one's going to think anything, but you know, like if anything, if people are like, Hey, why are you acting weird today? Like, it's not like, like, it's not like the, like you don't have to act a certain way. You just act yourself and we love you for it, you know? So, um, yeah, that's awesome. I just went on a little mini rant there and it's not my podcast, but it's, it's the KCAL podcast. So, <laughs> I appreciate you bringing it up because I fully agree with that. That's why I wanted to talk about it because I totally get well, it. I feel like yeah, I get it. Cool. You know, I don't know. 
You probably I think you do. <laughs> I based, you know, from what you well, I think it's also I don't want to say generational, but maybe things are definitely I definitely can get behind that statement. <laughs> I can get behind that. Okay. Things are definitely changing more positively and also a little bit negatively. I think more experiencers are being seen as universal. Like when I hear some of some other women, like why they got into strength training. For most women that I know, it was because there was a lot of self-loathing involved. You know, um, there's a lot of like body image shit and issues and being a you know, when if you see girls when they hit their teenage years, um, I think that's starting to change a lot. But you know, for a lot of women like my age and a little bit younger who got into this, it was because we wanted to change ourselves to fit a certain mold, or because we didn't like how we looked and how that made us feel. And ultimately, I don't think it's that different for a lot of men, but I think universally it's almost like a universal female experience to getting into health and fitness is because I didn't look a certain way I was unhappy about it it made me feel badly about myself and then I picked up a big heavy weight and I felt like a motherfucking badass well kind of I mean it's almost like the reverse for men I feel like now is is like we pick up you 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 get into you fall in love with fitness because you do pick up big heavy fucking weights and you feel great but then you see all these like models and physique people and like they're shredded up and and that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day it's almost <laughs> the opposite where you don't want to be the person who just does one thing you're like no i want to look like that person on the cover of that magazine and, and it's almost it's the op it's like almost reverses you know where you yeah. want to go from strong to aesthetic versus maybe aesthetic to strong like it's just it's it's the similar thing and it's kind of, I feel like it's mm -hmm. slowly evolving. Just the reverse side for, for the male gender. In that, sorry, that they don't, you don't, you stop caring about how it's going to make you look. Yeah, you don't care so much about how it f makes you feel. You care more about how it makes you look. Oh, okay. So yeah, like males are getting more into, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I agree. Especially with like all of the Insta stars and, um, yeah someone who's been a huge influence on me and I have like the absolute biggest girl crush on, um, is Lisa Lewis, Dr. Lisa Lewis. She's you know, it's amazing. funny. I was going to, I was going to drop Tony G's name earlier, open invitation to either of them to come on this podcast. Um, you know, cause he's one of those guys that I super look up to and have a man crush on cause he's like all about women's fitness, all about just, young coaches kind of doing it the right way. Anyway, mm. I will, I'll stop talking. You keep talking about Lisa. Yeah, we actually that kind of we can talk about that a little bit too because I'll I'll mention I'll go back to it, but he Tony and Dean Somerset did a workshop at Amp in the fall, their hip and shoulder blueprint and we also did a live fit cast afterward. And so after we went to a bar to have food and uh so it was me, Kevin Larrabee, Dean Somerset Tony Jellicor, my friend Shannon Walsh, and Jared Dyke over Unreal name dropping happening right now. Right? Anyone listening to this doesn't know <laughs> any of those names, do yourself a favor. Go to google.com. That's G-O-O-G-L-E.com. Type in <laughs> any of those names and have fun for the next three days of your life. I sound like such an asshole right now. Like, drop it. Like, I know all of these people. I'm That's so important. Sick. Um, and I'll talk about the conversation we had because it – dovetails with what we're talking about. But 
Um, Lisa's been a huge influence on me and the way that she, she used to do a workshop with uh, Artemis up here called I'm Not Afraid to Lift. I'm also like huge, like the psychology, behavioral psychology stuff is just my fucking jam. I just love it. Lisa came and did an in-service at AMP and I was literally like sitting in front of her like, yes, keep talking. I'm always on every Q&A that she does with the strength action. I'm all over it. Um, the way that she reframes things and how kind of, you kind of mentioned it before, where it becomes like a process-oriented goal or a performance-oriented goal. One of the things that she does is called, it, that she did in the I Am Not Afraid to Lift workshop was called story time. And so you sit with somebody that you just met and you tell them about a time where, well, in this context, in the gym, where you achieve something that you didn't think that you could do. So, um, for example, the woman that she gave us the example was she talked about like the first time that she did a pull up and she had us describe it in every single detail that we can, we can remember. And so the story I told my, my partner that I was with was when I learned that I could, <laughs> I could do a pistol squat. I didn't even know what it was. Um, I was, so I was in the back office it, it was, again with Rob because we used to work together and uh, our other friend, Ala, and they were talking about pistol squats. And I was like, wait, you mean like this? And so I did one in the back office. <laughs> and they're like, holy shit. You, you just did a pistol it. squat without even knowing what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I think yeah. I fell on my fucking ass. <laughs> and I know what it is. <laughs> And, and then they started freaking out. And like, if we're going back to talking like with a body image for me, it was always like, I hated my legs. My legs were big and they weren't like, you know, uh, they didn't look like a certain way. And in that moment, when, when I did that and they made a big deal out of it, I, in my brain, all of a sudden something flipped. It was like, holy shit. They're, they're not big, they're strong, they're powerful. And being in the fitness industry, especially now, I just did my first powerlifting meet in January. No, when I do it, March and- um, Last month. Last month. And just like, I am one of those people. I say women don't get bulky, that's not necessarily true. I am one of those people, I get muscle. Like it happens pretty easily. I did eight weeks of training. I wish I had done it before and after just to see how, cause I could see it like my shoulders, my legs. And in the past I've been like, Oh, my legs are so big. Now I'm like, yes, my quads look fucking sick. Like they're huge. <laughs> they're not that big, but anyway, like it felt good. So that flipping the script, that reframing it of this is something my body can do is really, really powerful. That's awesome. That's awesome. I got nothing. To, I have nothing. To <laughs> I have nothing to add. That's fucking badass. You know, like I love that idea of like just flipping the script and be like, "Well, I, I'm not this." Well, you know what? You are this, and that's fucking great. And you should really embrace that. I think that's so overlooked. Like you're saying with like the psychology of everything, um, just kind of how there is always two tails to a narrative, and, and it's just kind of which one you choose to fall into first that really paves the way for your mindset. Um, Kristen Callahan, as I just finish up my, my second adult beverage here, I think that might mean that this is the end of the podcast where, um, well, just the recorded part, where okay. people <laughs> go to find more about Kristen Callahan. Well, I'm not the most um, 
prolific social media user, but best I- Instagram account on Instagram <laughs> is yours. I think it's like K-K-L-05 or something. It's like K C A L L 05. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am trying to kind of do more. Uh, I just, I know you, I'm just kidding. Well, I just don't like the whole like me, 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 me thing. So mm-hmm. I like, but there are a lot of people who don't do that. Like I think like Dean Somerset is fantastic at, at, and Tony are both great at like educating without it being all about them. So like, it's like, you can't help people if you don't just do it. Right. So, so I'm trying to do more is what I'm saying. Um, and then Facebook, Kristen Callahan, it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Um, my profile picture is a picture of a lake, not of <laughs> my face. So. This lady stays private. And like you guys, so I'm, I'm super pumped. She was able to get on for an episode. I'll totally <laughs> make sure all of that is in the show notes. Um, Kristen Callahan, thank you so much for sparking the, the subsidiary three things podcast. I think it's going to be called critical conversations. I think Mm -hmm. you're episode number one of that because this was fucking awesome. And I super appreciate you making the time on a Sunday afternoon to come on. This is not the last that we will be doing this. I know that for a fact, you're the best. You're the best. (laughs) So secret bonus to the three things. This is the second time this has happened. (laughs) Kristen Callahan, originator of Long Island, New York. <laughs> what is upstate New York? Anything north of Westchester. Is it? That's almost, <laughs> that's what Ian said. Ian Cutting, shout out to Ian Cutting. He said anything north of Westchester too. Like, and, then and maybe what is, like, what's Rochester? It's upstate. That's west. It's upstate. It's all, it's like all up there. Like, it's all up care. there. Like New ah. York, it's, we have like Long Island, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx. I wouldn't even Staten Island. We've been trying to annex to New Jersey for years. It just <laughs> won't take it. Uh, then the city and like maybe Westchester and then like nothing else matters. <laughs> oh, the quest continues. I love this. This is going to be like, I'm like, I'm in Northern Vermont. I love it. I went to school in SUNY Plattsburgh. Uh, and everyone's like that's upstate i'm like you're right it's it's like canada like but upstate like that's upstate upstate like people be like oh yeah albany i'm like that's three hours away that's not upstate that's like central but talk about separate spheres like oh my gosh i love it i'm gonna keep asking this anyone who's from new york i should just ask everyone be like you're from montana what's upstate new york 